Today's show is brought to you by Of A Kind, an online shop for emerging design. For more information, visit ofakind.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, March 19th, and this is the 11th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, our theme is social media, and I have a good friend who is a social media expert here, who I, who I will introduce shortly. First, I'm going to do my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round questions, restaurant news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Okay, today's tip is to get on social media. Of course it is, right? So why? Well, first of all, I think it's awesome. And second, it's not going anywhere. Social media is here to stay. And from a PR perspective, it's a wonderful free tool that, you can, that can help you grow your business and gain customers. In my opinion, the three prime social media platforms to be on now are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see what my expert thinks of that in a second. I like these apps as they are easy to use and great for online networking, and they help restaurants engage with their clientele and gain followers through conversation and images. Plus, they're fun. So that's my tip. Get on social media. It's not only the future, it is now. Okay, I'm excited about my guest today. It is Jeffrey Allen, the Executive Director of Social Media at Wagstaff Worldwide, which is a full-service PR and marketing firm that specializes in hospitality. Jeffrey, or Jeff, as I like to call him, brings a background in technology and more than 10 years of diverse experience in hospitality marketing, social media, and branding to Wagstaff. With a keen perspective on experiential and influencer marketing, he spearheads Wagstaff's growth in the digital arena and builds on the company's dedication to creating dynamic, multifaceted marketing campaigns for its clients. Before joining Wagstaff, Jeff worked at several respected New York City agencies, supporting a wide variety of consumer brands, restaurants, high-profile celebrated chefs, and a key and key culinary industry events. A native of Northern Virginia, Jeff grew up on an inspirational diet of banh mi, Peruvian chicken, souvlaki, and his mother's Southern cooking, setting an early stage for his ongoing love of food. Since graduating from Tufts University, he has traveled and eaten his way across nearly 30 countries, always in search of interesting street food and spice markets. So, welcome, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Sherry. You're welcome. I have to say, when I read this uh, this nearly 30 countries, <laughs> I actually took the time then to count how many countries I've been to, and I'm close, too. I'm close, but... What was your favorite uh, country food-wise? Oh, that's a good question. Well, recently I was in Spain, and I felt I, I was there for 10 days, and I felt I could have just kept eating Spanish food. Like, I wasn't tired of it. What about you? Uh, I think Thailand. I went to uh, Thailand on my honeymoon, and the sheer variety of spicy, delicious street food um, made every day happy um, for <laughs> myself and my wife. Um, I think my favorite moment in Thailand was about 6 a.m. outside of a hospital um, where we were jet lagged and they were serving deep fried pork belly with uh-huh. uh, fried garlic and uh, sticky rice, which was kind of the breakfast of champions in my book. Yum. Well, yeah. Thailand's on my list. I haven't been there yet. High on my list. <laughs> well, when you're ready to go, I have a whole list for you of places Thank to you. Check out. You know you are my go to travel food guy. You always have the best recommendations. Well, when I get back to Spain and go to San Sebastian, where you went, which I have not been to, I will definitely be hitting you up as well. All right. Feel free. I would be happy to share. Okay, so social media. So 
how did you get into social media? How did you get into, I mean, what with joining Wagstaff? Like, what's the story? Uh, I guess for me, my background out of college was software development um, in the air traffic control industry, which is about as many degrees away <laughs> from hospitality as you can get. But I've always loved food and loved cooking and grew up with a, a mother who was a fantastic cook and um, in a neighborhood that had lots of diverse cuisines. So I always loved food, and I, I worked in a terrible restaurant in college in Boston. Um, but, you know, social media is um, a combination of sort of technology and marketing. So from my tech background, I went um, forward and got involved in the dot-com world on a marketing side. And then when I moved to New York, um, I've worked in a variety of different places, including uh, 212 Management Marketing. Um, That's where we met. It is. Um, it was... A very very fun time in my life um, working with um, celebrity chefs uh, doing brand management um, as well as really interesting brands um, doing uh, kind of linkages between the chefs and the brands and um, experiential marketing and events um, so it was a, a great time and then I, I worked out of the hospitality industry at a agency AMA marketing that focused on experiential word-of-mouth and influencer marketing which is where I first got interested in the whole idea of, of social media um, and that was really before today's landscape of social media existed. Right. So you joined Wagstaff then, was it a year, a year, year or two ago? It's been a year and a half. Okay. Yes, and, and so Wagstaff Worldwide has been around since 1999. Um, Mary Wagstaff, who was the founder, has grown the company um, to encompass several divisions, including creative services, destination marketing, and the core functionality of, uh, of PR and media relations. Mm -hmm. And um, I ran into Mary, who I've known for years, in Aspen at the Food and Wine Classic, um, where I frequently run into you. Um, right, correct. Um, the best. So I ran into her, uh, and she had asked me if she if I knew anyone who did social media consulting, and I said that was one of the things I did do, and I, I didn't know she was looking to start a division at the time, uh, but we we got to talking, and um, her vision of what to do um, within the company to start a digital marketing and social media group, um, I thought was um, showed a lot of foresight, and I was I was really curious about it, and uh, um, have been with Wagstaff for now eighteen months. That's 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 great, and I mean. From so Wagstaff, I was last week. I was citing some of the, all the cities you're in, and then on the website, I realized I missed some because you have offices in L.A., New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and Aspen. I mean, you're and you're quite quite a large company. And I mean, I'm the I'm a very small company, and I'm right now I've been doing social media. Um, I've been handling it, and I also recently hired someone to assist me. Um, so how with with such a big firm, how are you, like, how does it work? How are you managing it and and working with the PR and marketing team? Because it's all, at least for me, since doing it myself, I know it's all interrelated. It is, and it's um, it's fantastic to have the support of a, a company as big as Wagstaff that has quite a few processes and um, that are embedded in ways of doing things that um, are systemized, as well as a core team that helps with with IT and all the other things that um, I know are when you're a smaller agency, uh, I'm a IT. Lot of your time, you're IT scary, and accounting right? <laughs> and everything else. Um, but being able to work with the PR teams that are, are super creative and, um, and also very much in touch with social media. And there's such an overlap between media um, as they write for their, their print and mm -hmm. um, uh, or broadcasting on TV or just blogging. There's an overlap between social media and the long lead um, uh, publication, so um, it's mu very much on their mind. Um, but it's great to be able to work. M most of my clients actually are both PR and social media clients, and so the social media team is based in New York. Um, but we do have um, supporting uh, cast members, I would say, um, in San Francisco, um, and then LA and Chicago um, on certain projects. So um, it's we're very much online and. Um, doing Google, Google Hangouts with each other and uh, chatting. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, constantly. I'm on the phone a lot. So what's one of the clients that you're doing social media and PR for? Um, well, there's, that you there's, want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> um, so outside of the restaurant space, actually, there um, there's, there's a number, but um, Hall Wines, which is... Um, oh, uh, I know of them. Yeah, they're, they make fantastic Cabernets under the Hall um, 
label as well mm-hmm. as Pinot's under Walt. So they they are both a PR and a social media client, and they have a core marketing team at Hall that we work with and talk to weekly and create content with together. And we manage Facebook ad campaigns for them um, as well as uh, strategy. Um, and then the PR team um, is there on the ground very often. They can help us uh, capture content when necessary. Um, and we're very much we talk with the PR team very frequently about the big initiatives that they're working on for the for the client and making sure the social media strategy lines up. Well, that makes sense. What about, uh, are, are you doing the social media for any restaurants? Uh, we are, yeah. We uh, work with um, uh, a fairly new client in San Francisco, um, Alexander Steakhouse. They have um, a very high-end uh, steakhouse that has a pretty amazing tasting menu in San Francisco, as well as one in Cupertino and uh, brand extension, The Sea, which is in um, Palo Alto. Um, so we've come on with them recently, and they're also a PR client. Um, and there's there's a, you know there's others uh, not to go into our whole client list, but, right? Um, and also we have clients like that we do work on events. So the LA Food and Wine Festival, festival, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Pebble Beach Food and Wine, uh, which is That's coming, coming up, up next month. Um, I, yeah, I've been to LA and I haven't been to the Pebble Beach, and every year I kind of I, I'm I'm mad at myself that I'm not going. But I, and I have to put it on my agenda for next year. Well, I haven't been to the festival yet, and this is our first year working with them. But I can tell you, LA Food and Wine was a blast. And it was also, from a social media standpoint, great for us because we were able to fully take over their social media for the duration of the festival. And we got them on Instagram and got some coverage from Instagram themselves in their blog, which really helped push their, um, their following up. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun to be able to be at the festival and uh, – capture content and photography and um, uh, engage with all the people at the festival uh, and also to be at the festival, which is really a ton of fun. Yeah, no, true. When I go to events, I always, I find it hard to kind of, there's too much to do with the socializing, the taking the pictures, the tweeting, Instagramming. I've always, I always, I guess I used to think that these, these tools or these apps were very quick you know it takes you a second to tweet something and i keep finding it takes a lot more time to to put into it and to to even to look up the handles and and you know strategize well you know uh social media can be very uh fun exciting can also be very unsexy so before la food and wine we we have uh, a whole series of spreadsheets that have every um sponsor chef uh, winery that's pouring their social media handles a list of what they're making at the event so that we're fully prepared to not have to ask them what their dish is and try to word that into a, a tweet um no that's smart so we, we come Strategy. pretty prepared um yeah. and we have notebooks very undigital notebooks um uh that we carry around with us but you know it, it does take a couple minutes to create a tweet and then it takes about 10 minutes to find where to recharge your iphone um <laughs> so that's always a difficult aspect is um you know being uh given have all the right equipment with you so uh we've taken to using a camera i have a camera that has wi-fi built into it um that canon makes so i can connect my ipad i can take photos with the camera and then connect the ipad to the camera directly as a wi-fi hotspot and then load the photos onto my ipad where i can then at a larger screen um create instagram posts in fairly real time um that's neat (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it just uh, it um, it works really well. You get much mm-hmm. higher quality photos, and then you don't have to worry about draining your um, mobile device's battery, which is often a problem, as you probably found at events. Well, I've I've gotten on board the the Mophie, uh, whatever, with them, and I, I someone at an event. I think it was at um, New York City Food and Wine Festival, and a chef was like. Oh, I don't have to worry about my battery draining. I have the Mophie. So I went and looked it up, and I, I got one, and I love it because I can go the whole – I mean, that's like you can certainly go a whole day, and then it recharges you for another, you know, another full life. But um, it's still – you know, what you're doing is, is, I think, great. I think I might need to invest in a Mophie. Oh, yeah. I, I just I, I just endorsed it, and I, 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 was, I was a little hesitant. I was like, really? But I thought it was worth it. I think you have a new sponsor for your uh, show. Oh, very cool. <laughs> I'll reach out to them right afterward. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
Today's music is by Taxstar on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Interested in emerging design? Check out Of A Kind, a site that sells the pieces and tells the stories of up-and-coming makers. The site has featured over 200 designers and offers limited edition pieces you can't find anywhere else, along with the studio tours, travel guides, even recipes from the designers. To find out more, head to ofakind.com and sign up for the site's newsletter. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Jeff Allen of Wagstaff Worldwide, and we're talking social media. So, Jeff, I want I want to see what you thought in my PR tip. I I mentioned that I I think Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are the key platforms or apps, whatever you call them, to be on. What do you What do you think of that? Um, I would agree, but I'd also expand the list. So. Um Instagram is probably my personal favorite. Um, yeah, me too. I love looking at other people's Instagram photos. Uh, I think it's great for brands, but also when you um, can identify people within your restaurant or restaurant group, maybe it's a chef or a wine director or even an um, owner or manager who um, has an eye for photography and um, can help you tell your story. Getting them personally on Instagram really is very effective. Um, I follow just probably more people, individuals, and chefs than I do restaurants or um, entities or you know brands, so I think yeah, Instagram's I think really powerful too. in that sense. Um, and there's the cliche, you know, picture tells a thousand thousand words. words. Yeah, is that it? But it's, yeah, it really is true in this case. Um, Facebook, um, you know, we've looked at a lot at analytics from um, our clients' websites, and on whole, um, Facebook is the number one um, social media site that drives traffic to websites. So I think that's the indication of its um, the scope of how many people are on Facebook and how powerful it can be for uh, restaurants. Um, with the asterisk next to that, that uh, Yelp is actually number one if you consider Yelp social media. I uh, wasn't, but I guess we we do. I we, should. We, we consider it with our clients for sure. All review sites, mm-hmm. anywhere where um, someone could uh, post a photo, uh, sentiment, a tip, reviews. All of that's considered um, by us for our clients when we're we're doing our work. It's not just Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram, especially for restaurants. Um, uh, Facebook has made quite a few changes over the past year on their edge rank algorithm. I think um, they're always changing it. They're always changing it, and they're making it harder and harder for brands to reach their audiences organically. So there, there's, I mean, really, we're seeing numbers like five percent of your audience might see a, a post. Um, and you're competing for that real estate with other Facebook pages and uh, the friends of your fans. So um, we're doing more and more in the way of paid advertising for select content for our our, our clients. And I think that um, Facebook is nice in that it does give you a wide variety of tools to actually reach audiences in a paid sense. Um, you can do interest-based targeting, demographic targeting, um, you know, including age, gender, and location. Um, as well as a lot of other factors, are you? Do you have a college educa- education? Um, uh, have you shown an um, inclination to travel? Do you have a birthday coming up? So you can create ads based mm-hmm. on all these factors. So I think in the future, people will shift their advertising if they're advertising in local magazines. Um, you know, certain restaurants yeah. do do some advertising. I think that will end up shifting to to Facebook more and more. I can um, see that. Uh, Twitter can be great, especially as an information source, uh, customer service, um, uh, cer- certainly sentiment analysis, um, and then for news. I mean, I really look at it to see what's going on. Um, I get all breaking news on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's important to create that news yourself, but really it's a great tool for mm-hmm. for um, seeing what people are saying in general and about you. And then I'll add to the list uh, Google Places for business. Okay. Um, Google, which owns Zagat, um, uh, you know, and Zagat fuels a lot of mm-hmm. the, the reviews in your Google um, listing. But if you go search on Google for your restaurant or on Google Maps, 
you will see uh, what's returned, and you have the ability as a restaurant to own that information, control your brand presence. So especially if you have multiple units, you can create this dashboard of all of your businesses. Um, you can do advertising, uh, but you can also read and respond to reviews on um, Open Table, for example, is mm-hmm. integrated there. Yeah. Um, upload photos. So there, you have a lot of control there. And because mobile is, I mean, it's really representing like 50% of web traffic for restaurants these days. So I think that came up last week on your on your show. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, that you can't ignore where people are searching with their mobile devices and Google is the the, the gorilla in the room. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's good to know. What about Pinterest? Um, we we do have a couple clients that are um, effectively using Pinterest. It's not it's not for everyone. Um, I think you know it's uh, it's eighty percent women. Um, last time I, I read about it, so it, yeah. Um, if you are focusing on women specifically, or you have a very visual story to tell, or you want to curate some content um, uh, that's related to your your brand, um, it just you know one thing I found is that restaurants um, they do have a limited bandwidth and Pinterest usually is falls sort of second in their mind. It's not as important and doesn't get the same attention. That's what I was finding. So, uh, with, uh, my question, I was going to ask, well, two things. Well, first, before the question from last week with these accounts, are you, I've been, uh, for some of my clients, I manage a social, a Twitter account or, an Instagram account with them. We share the password. We were both tweeting or posting. And I found that to be to be a great thing to do because some of this social media is so instant. And a chef could take a picture of a new dish they have that night and send it out. And then I can post news and articles and things like that. Are you, are you working that way with clients? Are they also sharing the responsibility of, of tweeting? Or how's that go? Um, absolutely. We, um, I mean, it really depends on the client. Um, some clients are very active. Um, we have a relatively new client, this fantastic new rum, Selvaray rum. Um, and they have, uh, I like the name. yeah, three young guys that, um, have created this, uh, brand with a couple other partners and, um, just launched it in LA and, um, they're super active on Instagram themselves. And I, you know, we can't really be where they are. So it's, they're, they're really, managing that but when it, it comes to facebook they've provided some content we can help curate those albums for them and um help work with them on strategy and that's that kind of thing is true with a lot of our clients is mm-hmm. that we put together structured content calendars and we meet with our clients at least once a week to talk through what's happening um and then we do a lot of training to make sure that the people on their team um know best practices and um you know they're not not using tactics that are um not as effective as they could be. So we um, we do have access to all of their social media, um, all of our clients' social media handles, and um, so do they. So And we, we like to encourage their participation as much as possible. But we also know, I mean, as you know, um, chefs and restaurateurs are very, very busy people. Yes, they are. I think we're on the same page with that, though. So that's it's good to good to know. Yeah. So we often say, hey, you know, tw- you know text us a photo, email mm-hmm. us a photo. Give us some context. We'll help you get it out there. Um, but in an ideal world, we also have spent time sitting down with them, adding Instagram to their um, phone, getting them on there, um, walking them through their first posts, and kind of um, pushing them out the plan, plane, so to speak, with their parachute. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. And I think there's some chefs that I follow who who just, they, they must love it because they're posting all the time. And it's really, I love following them because it's it's interesting and I think social media might intimidate people that don't do it. They don't know what it is, but as soon as you start, you start on it, most likely you're going to get hooked. I mean, that's yeah. my opinion. I mean, the one of the best things about Instagram, um, especially considering perhaps the mind of a chef, is that there is uh, instant gratification um, once you get even a small audience. Is that you put a good photo out there, and you get a lot of uh, kind of love back from your your fans and mm-hmm. people who know you and comments and it's it's gratifying right away to know that someone saw your photo and um, that they like what you're doing. Yeah, very um, true. And their audience grows, and um, that's not always the case with um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, your tweets kind of go out into thin air sometimes, and yeah, um, you don't. True, I think there's there is that 
more instant gratification on Instagram for sure. And people love photos. Yeah, people love photos. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, whereas people don't always love tweets. True. Okay, so last week, thank you for listening to the show last week. So you heard uh, Christo Mobayeni of Bento Box. She was on. We were talking about restaurant websites. And I asked her to ask you a question. So she wanted to know if you could give three specific tips for a restaurant or any establishment that may not have the resources and finances to have a full-time social media person, such as yourself, um, someone you know that cultivates their story and keeps customers engaged. And so she wanted to know three tips to seem more active with their social media presence. Yeah, I don't know if I have only three tips, but I'll, I'll try to narrow it down. Top three. Um, I mean, one of them is uh, just to make social media a priority, um, as you would customer service and guest experience in your restaurant, is that just apply the time to it, to think about it, to learn about it, and um, understand what resources you do have internally to make social media work for you. Um, it's not part of many restaurant managers' job descriptions to be on social media or to create content. You um, might start to be. Um, we certainly encourage, we, when we have this conversation with many of our clients, is that how do you make that part of the job description where, I mean, there's, there's many times during the day where there's some downtime and can that, with the right training and strategy and process, um, can part of that time be spent on social media um, in a very focused way? So I think just even having that mentality at first is important with the restaurants. Like, go do a search on Instagram and Twitter about what people are saying about you and realize that there, I mean, unless you're brand new, mm -hmm. there's going to be a body of uh, conversation about your, your brand. And, um, do you want to ignore that or be part of it? Um, so I think that's the first thing. It's not really a helpful tip, but I, I think really, oh, it's um, helpful. you know, getting yourself in the mindset where like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do social media. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes into the next tip or an actual tip, which is, um, get your team excited about social media. Um, we recommend things like sometimes um, reading out positive Yelp reviews at a staff meeting. You know, most restaurants gather their team together. Um, we also down the road recommend reading out some negative ones too to let people know the impact of their um, their guest experience um, on review sites. Um, printing out and showing um, really nice Instagram photos that someone might have taken in your restaurant. Uh, but getting people enthusiastic about the fact that people are creating content. Yeah, um, I like all that. Yeah, and making people aware of your social media handles if you are, in fact, on social media. I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a restaurant where I've asked the server, like, hey, are you on Instagram? I want to tag you. And they're like, I don't know. Hey, Joe, are we on Instagram? I don't know. Let me it's go ask. To, like, <laughs> it's happened to me, too. Yeah. I'm like, how about Twitter? Like, oh, let me go ask another guy. Like, I think Susie might know. And um, it's amazing that the service staff doesn't actually know that. Not only do they not know, but they aren't looking every once in a while themselves and see like, Hey, who's tagged us? Like what's happening in the restaurant. So I think some, some, uh, some enthusiasm across the team. And then at the same time, identifying, you know, who, um, could you use in your team to help with social media? I think often, uh, among your management team or your wait staff, um, or even the culinary crew, you, you might have someone who's an excellent photographer, um, or a designer, um, or who's really excited about social media personally, they might even be a blogger, you never know what people do on the side, and trying to identify who can you, um, who can you work with internally to help uh, with some of the key social media tasks. Uh, I, th I think that's something that I've seen happen within client organizations, it's fi you know, finding that and then nurturing someone. Um, you might have to compensate them extra. You certainly want to find someone who's going to be around for a while and not you know, kind of poised to move off to something else. No, yeah, no, I agree with that. I've, I've seen that with some of my clients too. It, it's a, it's a good tip, all good tips. So thank you. Okay, I have, I have a couple one more, more. A couple, a couple more. more. Go I'll ahead. be quick on them though. But um, one is that uh, let tools help you. So um, for example, Facebook has a page manager app that you can put on your mobile device or iPad that will let you manage your Facebook page. Um, there's certainly tools like Hootsuite, um, and we use Sprout Social, which is a paid tool, but you can, there's a free version of Hootsuite. I use TweetDeck. Um, TweetDeck. Uh, I like TweetDeck. I don't know if it has all the bells and whistles of these other ones, but it's easy. It's good to manage a bunch of accounts on Twitter. Yeah, TweetDeck's great for Twitter. I think it's actually owned by Twitter. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and then there's 
tools like uh, you may use like Mention or Talkwalker, which have replaced Google Alerts. Um, Mention has a social media aspect to it, and you can have one free mention with their service, with the unpaid version. Uh, I think it's getmention.com or net. I'm, but if you search for, for it online, you'll be able to find it. Okay. Um, and then for Instagram, uh, we use uh, free tools like Inc. 361 and Statagram to uh, search Instagram photos, search hashtags. Um, you can do a little bit of a search on um, the Instagram app, but this is um, a nice um, way of accessing Instagram. So, you know, finding tools to help you with the process. Yeah, Statagram I'm familiar with. Well, that comes up when you Google. I don't know, when I search sometimes for certain hashtags, it always se- that comes up right away. Yeah, um, but finding the right tool. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I think the last thing I'd say is just give yourself a bit of a break. I think one reason that some some chefs and restaurateurs don't want to get on social media is because they get overwhelmed by like I have to post every day now that I'm on and um, I have to like we did a special I have to get it out there we're doing an event like what's what am I going to how am I going to do this because I'm busy planning this event and I think it's definitely uh, quality over quantity and you know you want to respond to the the messages you get in that are important but give yourself a little bit of a break when you're starting out on social media you don't have to try to do everything at once Um, just create some good content Buy a good camera. The worst thing is getting bad photos out there. I can't keep using my iPhone. Um, if you were an expert <laughs> iPhone user, your photos are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do, re- I do actually recommend getting a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a fancy digital SLR. Even a, a good point and shoot works well. Um, but if you're going to put photos out there, don't make them blurry. Um, there's a very noted chef um, who had many um, blog posts written about her. Last and year, maybe a TV show. Is that who you? Well, um, she has had a TV show. She's very well known. Um, posting, posting terrible I, photos. Yeah, um, I won't call out Martha Stewart's name on the air. Yeah, but, I wasn't um, going to either. Yeah. But we, yeah, there was a lot of there was press on it. Her photos were yeah. not great. Yeah, I would recommend actually um, all of you aspiring um, social media photographers go take a look. Just search for Martha Stewart social media fail perhaps and um take a look at those photos as an example and no judgment on Martha Stewart she's wonderful and um sure but that there was a time when her photography wasn't perfect and um you want to definitely avoid that clear um well shot photos um and don't worry about getting them out too much awesome Thank you. Great tips. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with my speed round and industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. so far support the network and become a member membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us to become a member visit heritageradionetwork.org today We're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Jeff Allen. Okay, it's time for my speed round questions. So, Jeff, I'm going to name two things, and you just pick your preference. There's no right or wrong. Do you want one-word answers or a full, long description? Well, one-word answers, but if you feel you have to comment, go for it, because every, everybody I've had on the show seems to comment, get to one Something and it turns into a conversation. So, but more more simple, just straight one word answers. I'll try to restrain myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one. Here we go. Eat in or eat out. Eat in. 
I interesting. Gotta, I interesting. My, my wife and I like to cook a lot, and it's 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 our hobby. Yeah. Um, we also love eating out, of course. Yes. Okay. No. No problem. I'll give you the eat in. Wine, beer, or cocktail. Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte. A la carte. Small plates or large plates. Large plates for sharing. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram? Um, Instagram, but I want to go back and say if it's the chef's table at Barbudo, it's a <laughs> chef's table. It's kind of a counter, oh, but it's that in the table is there. cool. I've never eaten at it, but I, I I've seen it on the way to the bathroom. Right, you pass by that little nook. No, it's actually in the kitchen. So oh, there's a there. okay. There's a private dining room table then that I was thinking of. Not this. Okay, yeah. I want to dine there. It's great. All right, it's not on a, my not it's client. on my list. Not a client. It's just great. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. All right. How about this one? Too selfie or not too selfie? Not to selfie. <laughs> I might be giving away my my generation, but definitely not to selfie. I've never seen a selfie of you. You will not see a selfie. That's what I, I kind of thought that was what you were going to say. I selfie every once in a while. I, ha- I have selfies, but they will not make it onto uh, social media, and there's usually another person in the picture. So, Got it. Duo selfie. How about South Beach Food or Wine or the Food Wine Classic in Aspen? I think you know the answer to that, but the Food and Wine Classic in Aspen. Yeah, got to give them another little plug because yeah. we like we love that one. Even though South Beach is great, but they're very different. Yeah, I always have a good time in South Beach. It's um, warm, and this winter has been brutal uh, here in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Aspen is probably my favorite week. I've, I've been going there for, I think, the last 10 years. Um, I used to work do a lot of work out there. Now I get to go. Obviously, you know my wife works at Food and Wine and works on that event. It's her baby. So... She does an amazing job with it. Thank you. I will tell her you said so. Well, I think she knows that already, but yes, please do. Okay, one more. New York City or Brooklyn? Um, Brooklyn, my um, my home for the last seven years, Williamsburg. So I, I definitely love Brooklyn. The neighborhood feel, great casual restaurants. Um, but cool. I do come into Manhattan every every day during the week for work. Yes, you do. And you're here now back in Brooklyn for sort of Yes, work. and I'm going back know. into Manhattan afterwards for, for more work. <laughs> back and forth, the L train. All right, great. You, you, did, you did awesome. You won. Excellent. I get some of this Highland Park uh, scotch that your last, uh, the last radio show left behind, which is a personal favorite of mine. So maybe another um, sponsor of yours if uh, all goes yeah, well. Yeah, they're probably sponsoring his, his show before me. But, yes, you scored with that. I, I definitely did. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some industry news this week. So the first the first thing I wanted to bring up was big news at Eater.com. And I keep mentioning Eater on the show. Um, it's restaurant industry news sort of gossip website that I think all of us read. And they just decided last week to hire three restaurant critics with dining budgets. So they hired, well, they were, Eater was bought by Vox Media last, last year. So they, they have, a, they obviously have a, a budget now. So they hired Ryan Sutton, who is the reviewer at Bloomberg, and he's going to be their head restaurant critic. And he also does the price hike and the bad deal, two columns that he's, he's known for that are, that are really great. They also hired Bill Addison of Atlantic Magazine, formerly of Dallas Morning News and San Francisco Chronicle. I wasn't familiar, familiar with him, but he's taking their national critic role. And then they also, they've had Robert Sietza of Village Voice on board for a little bit, uh, writing some columns, but now he's also going to do some reviews and continue doing videos. And I think this is this is a big deal. This is like a new era of paid restaurant reviewers on on a blog yeah i think it's really um interesting news um because there's three of them first of all Mm -hmm. and they're also very well respected journalists um i personally like um i have opinions about lots of reviewers but i really (laughs) like ryan sutton's reviews and um his columns and i personally think uh sitsma for for me i love to take outer borough trips um to flushing and sunset park and He's been instrumental for for me in uncovering um, some 
places that are off the beaten path, um, really interesting cuisines. Um, so I'm hoping for more of that at while he's at Eater. Uh, yeah, he's known for that. He's he discovers all these hidden gems. It seems. Yeah, um, Eater really is a, um, and I subscribe to Eater Digest from across the country. Um, but Eater is is already one of my, you know, addition to Twitter and also mm-hmm. New York Times Dining. But Eater is already my my go to source for uh, for food news. So that's I'm interested to see how it's going to even grow. Yeah, me too. And and it's my source too. I certainly read it every day. Uh, it always has has news that that we would find <laughs> fascinating. Um, and so this, yeah, this. I'm curious to see how this plays out, but I think it's a good move, especially since I think over the years a lot of newspapers have cut their dining budgets, and that's the dining sections have gotten smaller, restaurant reviewers have gotten smaller. So I think it's great they're doing it. I do too. I mean, I think that uh, restaurants and food, and even though I like to cook in, and hospitality is the most fun thing about life. I like to read about it more than almost anything else. <laughs> Me so, too. <laughs> um, I'm happy that they're investing in it and growing it um, it's yeah. good to see that rather than another trend yeah I agree okay so another story this week well it's just an announcement that the James Beard Foundation made of its 2014 award nominees and also this week it was the IACP awards so there was a lot of a lot of fabulous nominees and award winners kind of that were announced and so the gala is on May 5th and the book broadcast and journalism awards are on May 2nd and you usually go right I I'm going do you go or I, no I go every other year but if I don't one. go then I um meet up afterwards for the parties the parties yeah yeah that's that's, that's a lot part. of people do that and yeah I like going I like getting dressed up and seeing everyone in their in their tuxes and it's I don't know it's a special occasion so it's definitely good to get the return on investment on your tux <laughs> yeah exactly that's what I was thinking I have to figure out what I'm going to wear <laughs> um, so I mean there's there's too many categories to to talk about all of them but I I I, I picked a few there's the that were more relevant to us in New York so there's the best chef category in New York City and the nominees are April Bloomfield Dan Kluger. Mark Ladner, Jonathan Waxman, and Michael White. Who's do you think's the favorite here? I don't. I couldn't. I kept. I was looking at that, and I was like, "Well, maybe Jonathan Waxman." You know, we mentioned you know, as kind of a veteran, but then I don't know. What do you think? Who's going to? They're all talented. They're all talented chefs. I mean, Jonathan Waxman. I think sometimes the James Beards do pay respect to people that um, have a a long history of. Uh, success and mentorship which he does um so i think he's probably a, a solid favorite um, i don't know how many times he's been nominated sometimes it takes a few years before you actually get it um, like wiley like wiley um who won it last year right yeah he did he was he was like the susan lucci of of the food awards he was nominated i don't know like 10 times and then he finally won yeah i, th- I mean i think that category in general i mean there's many cities that have great chefs but i, I Every time I look at that list, too, I think it should be 20 people long. Um, there are so many great chefs in New York. Um, there are. And I, I personally will say that I'm always disappointed that my um, friend, who I think is an amazing chef, Harold Dieterle, is not on that list, because I think he's um, deserving of that um, I agree. nomination he should be. at least every year. I would nominate him. Thank you. If you make it on the committee, please. <laughs> Again, not a client. I don't, I don't think they put PR people on the committee, but... We'll see. Yeah, not a client. I just think he's a great chef. But yeah, I would say Jonathan mm-hmm. Waxman. Um, um, but all those all those chefs are very um, worthy of the nomination. So they are. So I'm looking forward to seeing going and and seeing who wins those those awards and just just to be nominated. It is it is an accomplishment. It really is. Okay. What? Well, so one more one more quick uh, industry news. We had uh, Rotisserie Georgette today received two stars in the New York Times from Pete Wells. And that's Georgette Farkas's new place in the Upper East Side. And she worked for Danielle Ballou for 17 years doing his PR and marketing. And this was, she went, she had cooked a long time ago and went to hotel school. So she went back and followed her dream to open this rotisserie. And um, I'm very happy for her. Uh, I've been there, and I think the place is doing really well. It's I think the Upper East Side is embracing it. Have you been? 
Um, I haven't been. Uh, I have read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fantastic story. I think all of us that work in hospitality and work with restaurants and chefs over the years have the secret dream of actually opening our own place while also understanding how much incredible work it takes to do so. So it's nice to see that someone can work, um, you know, in sort of a PR or marketing and then one day realize that dream themselves. Um, I also think it's interesting to see how much chicken has, re- you know, made a resurgence. Uh, Chicken's the Nomad made a comeback. The photo yeah. the times of that whole chicken with the uh, herb stuff in it. I mean, we, I, I used to not eat chicken out unless it was uh, fried chicken at a, a good restaurant because it could be ruined so many um, I usually ways. Yeah, I usually don't order the chicken, but there's a lot of places now doing these chicken for twos, like the Nomad, and uh, that have gotten a lot of attention because... They're doing it very well. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite restaurants is St. Anselm, which is in Williamsburg. And they serve I've been a, there. Oh, excellent. I didn't know you sure talked about it. I go to but, Brooklyn sometimes, but I had the steak, and I'm not even a big steak eater, but they're known so for steak. Their um, tomahawk steak, it's a bone and ribeye, it's fantastic. But they serve a chicken um, with the head and feet on, which is um, not the way you see it most places, but it's really, really very good. Um, but, yeah, over the last couple of years, places like Rotisserie Georgette that are doing interesting things with chicken, um, sourcing really good quality birds and then um, treating them with a lot of love. And the price tag sometimes matches that, but uh, it's not something I thought I would ever see if you asked me a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very true. All right, great. We're going to take one more quick break here. We'll be right back with my solo dining experience on All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. So recently, I checked out Bacon Bar, a new restaurant in Hell's Kitchen on 9th Avenue near 55th Street. And I'm wondering if bacon has jumped shark with a restaurant dedicated entirely to bacon. But has it? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, people love bacon. Actually, one of my industry friends, Catherine, has an annual bacon fest party every year, and guests bring a bacon dish, and she also has bacon cocktails. So it's quite the party, and obviously there's people out there that love bacon. So I went to this place. I was by myself. It was over the weekend, and I sat at the bar, and as soon as you walked in, there was this strong bacon smell, obviously, as everything cooked there was with bacon. Um... So I didn't, I didn't mind. No one else there seemed to either. And actually, it was a big drinking crowd. It was almost more like a sports bar atmosphere. So I asked the bartender what was popular to get. And he said Shawnee's BLT, which was a traditional BLT with avocado, ed, egg, and mayo. So that's what I got. It was a huge sandwich. And it was really messy. But it was very tasty. I don't know if it was the best BLT I've ever had. But I liked it. So I ate half and took the rest to go. It was, it was, really, it was really quite a large sandwich. And um, would I go back? Uh, sure. I think I would go back with some of my bacon-obsessed friends where we could, char- where we could share more things with bacon. And um, I don't think, actually, b- bacon is going anywhere. I think it's sort of like social media. It's here to stay. So Bacon Bar's website is baconbar.com if you want to check it out. What do you think? Bacon? <laughs> I, I mean, I love bacon. Um, as long as it's not turkey bacon, then I... Yeah, no, I think this is the legit bacon bacon. Okay, so Jeff, time for the final question. Now, next week, my guest is Michael Hewitt. He is the chief recruiting officer at the Chef Agency, which is a hospitality recruitment and placement agency 
an affiliate of Stephen Kamali Hospitality. So could you ask a question for him that I will ask him next week? Um, yeah, so I, I think um, when it comes to hiring, I, I always like what Danny Meyer says, and I'll paraphrase that you kind of use your gut and go for the the best person, regardless of necessarily their skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that you know you can train, sort of a, the best available athlete in a sports metaphor. Um, my question is, what is the number one thing that you look for in that sense that's not like where have you cooked and what are your skills, but what is the, how, how would you articulate that and what would you look for in a, a candidate um, that's less uh, tactile, I guess, that's less specific? Is there, is there something that clues you in to that this person is the person to hire and that they can um, yeah. fit the team? And I guess the other question from what we talked about earlier is, do you ever consider social media presence or skills um, or interest in social media when looking at a candidate for back of the house? I assume we're talking back of the house or for a restaurant in general. They do both. They um, do both. I think Well, I'll have to ask them that, too. Maybe more back of the house, but they certainly I think it's a job recruitment, um, just everything under the hospitality umbrella. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, especially front of the house, whether they're considering um, knowledge of uh, how to manage review sites and Google Places and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, if that's part of the uh, job description um, for talent. Awesome. Great questions. I will ask him. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming out here. Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's great talking to you, um, as always, and uh, congratulations on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay, everyone listening, I've been talking to Jeff Allen. He is the executive director of social media at Wagstaff Worldwide. His website is wagstaffworldwide.com. He's on Twitter at Jeff Jeff Allen NYC at Wagstaff New York. Instagram is Jeffrey F. Allen. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at All Industry, at Sherry Bayer, and at Bayer PR. And my website is BayerPublicRelations.com. Now, if you miss this live broadcast or any of our shows, you can find us archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and on Stitcher. Thanks to Evan, Aaron, and Jack, and all of you out there listening. This has been All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network, and I'm Sherry Bayer. Please join me again next Wednesday at 4 p.m. for another live show. Till then, have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.